This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Heartland Seuss Daily Podcast. I'm Sterling Burnett, Director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy and Managing Editor of Environment and Climate News. If one is paying attention, hardly a day goes by without some news outlet or another publishing a story on the headwinds arising for offshore wind projects, the darling technology of the Biden administration's net zero, go green or go home push. In the past week, the AP reports that five prominent Democratic senators from four separate states have called for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration to study and, in a timely and transparent fashion, let's stress that, report on whale and dolphin deaths associated with ongoing site testing for offshore wind farms. Republicans, on the other hand, have offered a moratorium on testing until questions surrounding whale and dolphin deaths have been answered. Other stories this week to relate to how the rising costs and supply chain shortages are quickly making uh, contracts for offshore wind projects unprofitable. Some of the companies involved have already requested that either the states renegotiate the contracts that they have made or the companies might pull out. Other stories published finds that at least one state is complaining that only one company submitted bids for for proposed new wind farms. My guest today is a man who can address all of these issues and more, David Wojcik, Ph.D., a policy advisor to the Heartland Institute, who has been working on the intersection of science and public policy for decades, having formerly served as a consultant to the Office of Scientific and Technical Information at the U.S. Department of Energy, a faculty member at Carnegie Mellon University, and on the staffs and member at the U.S. Office of Naval Research and the Naval Research Lab. In the past year or more, David has written more than a dozen articles and official comments on the damage the Biden administration's push for offshore wind development is doing to right whales, military operations, and consumers via their energy costs. David, thanks for being with us. Well, thank you, Sterling. It's always a pleasure. So, David, before we jump into the problems with the myriad, uh, you know, the myriad problems with offshore wind projects that they're now facing, uh, and the reasons why such industrial facilities are problematic and unnecessary in the first place. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you, please tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to work on environmental and energy issues in general, and offshore wind in particular. Yeah, the uh, well, my story is a little odd, which I like to think uh, gives me a, a slightly different voice than a lot of other people are working on these issues. Um, I was originally a civil engineer as a young man, but I got interested in uh, human reasoning and wound up getting a Ph.D. in philosophy of science. So I I can read engineering and I can read science. And then I was on the faculty, as you mentioned, at Carnegie Mellon, and I got dragged into what became the Department of Engineering and Public Policy. So I... And I loved public policy analysis. Uh, the confusions are enormous and the costs uh, even worse. So I've been involved in that for a long time. And um, our focus then was energy and environment. In fact, our initial focus was EPA, but, of course, the environmental 
whole environmental movement has gotten so much bigger now that I've uh, I've spread around to a lot of different agencies. Uh, in addition, while I was at CMU, I I made a couple. I did re- a lot of research and made a couple of discoveries in the uh, logic and structure of complex issues. So, uh, I um, in fact, when I look at an issue like offshore wind, I I actually see structures that most people don't even know exist. And so that's that's basically I've been in the uh, E and E area for a very long time. Um, actually, I've helped write regulations and laws on the on the on the agency side and on the congressional side when when I'm lucky and they're willing to be rational, which is uh, not recently. Um, as far as offshore wind is concerned, well, it, it taking a step back, um, I got I, I I used to live in Virginia. I lived there for about 20 years. Now I I can see the line. I'm about a mile away in West Virginia. But I still shop there, and I got very interested in uh, Virginia's net zero law, a thing called the Virginia Clean Economy Act, as though Virginia somehow now has a dirty economy, and no worse than most, I think. any case, I got involved in attempts to repeal that, and the uh, the principal uh, architect of of their of their um, net zero law is actually their big utility, Dominion Energy. Uh, They serve about 2.6 million customers in Virginia. And they, like most of the utilities in the United States, are making a fortune building wind and solar uh, arrays, which they know perfectly well aren't going to work because of intermittency. But, you know, if they build, uh, they get a guaranteed profit of 10% or so for every dollar they spend. And you... If you give somebody a profit for spending money, they're, they're, I'm sure, going to try to spend as much as possible. And they, um, so in that process, I, I looked at one of their big, well, their biggest project, which is their offshore wind uh, uh, project. They have uh, one of the biggest, uh, well, to back up, for those who don't know, I mean, the, the in this stampede that uh, that the Biden people are doing, they're um, proposing, in fact, moving forward on building like wind systems, wind arrays that are twice as big as anything exists in the world today from North Carolina to Massachusetts. Not just one, you know, from an engineering point of view, this is in, uh, truly stupid. But anyway, um, wait, wait, wait. that's how I, I, I think yeah. you're I think you're slightly wrong there. I think it goes from South Carolina to Maine because Maine is building these things, too. I okay, that's entirely possible. I thought Maine was still looking at it. Uh, I know the big issue in Maine is that. Well, anyway, um, I wasn't. I okay, yeah. When it, I guess it doesn't surprise me that South Carolina uh, is jumping in, and it's only a matter of time before everybody else does. I know that uh, the Biden people are looking at opening up the Gulf of Mexico. And also uh, California, or the whole, actually, the West Coast, because of Oregon right now, there's a fight going on. So, okay. Yep, Texas We're going to ring the ideas to Texas ring. and Louisiana hmm? are, are, are uh, Texas has been uh, pushing for it uh, for a while now, and Louisiana and Texas are now. But they cut back of the size of the one in Texas and Louisiana they're planning. Well, I can see Texas doing it, because Texas now has... Uh, uh, 
enormous numbers of on land uh wind towers i yeah. think they they run around 11,000 uh megawatts uh which by the way interesting enough 11,000 megawatts is now the target of the government of new jersey uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's all offshore yeah. The interesting thing is these these uh these offshore monsters are like um well the the Texas stuff probably runs around each turbine probably runs around two megawatts. What they're planning on building now offshore, everybody's talking about thirteen to fifteen megawatts, right. which is like seven times bigger than anything that that we've ever seen. Yeah. It's also about twice as big as anything that the world has ever seen. Uh, the UK has a lot of of uh, offshore wind, but it runs uh, like the typical turbine is six and a half megawatts, and they've got a few nines. But our people are going for thirteen to fifteen. So, as I said, from an engineering point of view, you're going to try to do something that's bigger, much bigger than anything anybody else has done. You want to work your way up to it. You don't launch fourteen or sixteen or twenty or whatever it is projects simultaneously. With untested, when never been done. I was say, yeah, with untested technologies, you you put yeah. you put them through their paces before you start installing them. Oh, the fifteen, the fifteen. You know, Dominion wants to have start off with just under two hundred fifteen megawatt uh, uh, turbines. The only fifteens in the world have just started cranking up as prototypes on land. Okay, mm-hmm. never been one. We don't even know what the what the noise levels are going to be, which is one of the biggest concerns because they don't exist yeah <laughs> yes so as a, putting my engineering hat on this is truly stupid <laughs> yeah so uh you've been in the midst of the battle with industrial offshore wind for a while now what are your general objections or concerns okay well my biggest concern is is not with is that it, wind is just part of the, a fantasy that is that has captured uh, the well the democratic party as near as i can tell and this is the fantasy of climate change and the climate change emergency i mean it's no accident that we're talking about electrifying all the cars to get rid of the gasoline engines they're talking about uh electrifying all home heating and and tearing out all the gas furnaces which everybody including me i live on a farm i burn propane um they're talking about yeah, let me back up an important thing to realize is that uh, uh, absent this fantasy, the need for electricity in the United States is not increasing. Okay, it's been level now for probably a decade. The increases are are slight, and they're due to to uh, um, the data centers, and a lot of that's offset with other people's efficiency. So we don't actually need, as far as on a reasonable basis, we don't actually need any new generation, but course the 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 radical environmentalists are saying we've got to restructure the entire energy system of the world and of course everything's going to be electric so we need a lot more electricity so my biggest concern is that this is something that we a do not need and it's based entirely on a fallacy which is this threat of 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 global warming which does not exist the threat the warming exists the threat does not so that's my um I guess that's my biggest thing. I mean, there's just, you know, it's not, I mean, there are a lot of things wrong with offshore wind, but but that we don't need any of it has got to be the biggest. So how great a danger 
do these projects pose to endangered right whales, other whales, dolphins, and sea life? And in what ways uh, does it compromise naval operations? Okay, well, let's take the former first. Um, I, I don't want to say I told you so, but in September, I wrote an article, the title of which was How to Kill Whales with Offshore Wind. And the answer is uh, that the noise, the underwater noise, uh, disrupts their lives and, and drives them into forms of behavior which are deadly, like into traffic, uh, big ship traffic and things like that. And that was in September. In December, dead whales started washing up in great numbers. Uh, well, considering the size of a whale, I think we're up to about at least 25, although I think I've lost track. Um, between Virginia and Massachusetts, the the it, it, and of course the government says there's no evidence of a connection between these these uh, the the work that's going on on the wind farms and the uh, and the deaths, which is insane because they actually publish the connection. Um, there's a thing called I and an a harassment authorization. Now, there's a, that's a that's a that is a bureaucratic that's bureaucratic language for driving an animal crazy. Okay, um, and we haven't actually started building any of the wind uh, uh, farms. You know, actually driving the piles to put the turbines on, which in itself is an enormous issue. We'll have to get to. Well, there are two that are about to start. Um, but what people don't seem to understand and what the government refuses to admit is that there's been an enormous amount of solar mapping, sonar mapping, yeah, I wish it were solar, yeah. sonar mapping of each of these many sites. And just to get the scale, by the way, the Dominion's phase one alone is about 150 square miles uh, that they're going to fill with these uh, monster towers. And this, the, the sonar mapping is extremely bad. It's, it, it's like they fire, it's like firing a gun off every 10 to 15 seconds for hours at a time and days at a time. A, a ship that's mapping a, a, a 10 by 10, a 10 mile by 10 mile uh, area will travel a thousand miles because it goes back and forth and back and forth. Now, the, the government, NOAA, actually estimates the number of animals of each species of marine mammals of each species that are going to be impacted by unsafe levels of sound they actually have a level which they say is this is what's safe anything above this is going to disrupt the animal's behavior and they they have a bunch of acoustics people and they look at the, the, the noise that these sonar, this sonar blasting causes, and they figure out the area, uh, which is going to be hundreds of square miles, in which the noise level is going to be of the safe level. And then they have models of what they call population density of each of these species, and they figure out how many critters are going to be hammered. Okay? And, I mean, every every project well, and, has and got has got a harassment authorization. Right. Go ahead. That, that's what I wanted to get to. Is Look, every project has a harassment authorization. Harassment means right. basically the ability to kill, uh, to take, under the Endangered Species Act. And well, for uh, one of these projects, 
the harassment authorization is for up to 10 endangered North Atlantic right whale and hundreds of dolphins. I remember yeah. when environmentalists cared about dolphin safe stuff. They didn't want dolphins being killed. Now I guess they don't care. But uh, for the North Atlantic right whale, 10 whales is it, it, it decimates it because it's devastating. Noah's yes. no uh, I mean the the Marine Mammal Service's own uh survey, own data indicates that North Atlantic right whales can't afford to lose more than 0.7, so less than a, one additional whale above natural mortality to uh other factors. A year. And and this year. this is going to this yeah. this allows anyway. 10 so it's crazy. Well, the, now, no, 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 no. Keep the, 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 what they will say, as I said, the reasoning, the, the, the lie you then get is they'll say, oh, this is, this is harassment. It doesn't kill anything. Okay. That's what I pointed out in my original article was by their nature, these sites are next to the heavy shipping lanes. You know, the, there's enormous amount of shipping up and down the Atlantic coast. In fact, it's called M95 by, by Marad, um, because it's like Interstate 95, the, the busiest interstate in the country. And all you have to do is, 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 is ask what are the whales going to do or what are the dolphins going to do, especially the whales. When they're blasted like this, well, the answer is they're going to, they're going to run. And if they run in any direction, they're running into heavy shipping. And so, you you know, it it's obvious that there's going to be a mortality rate associated with this form of harassment. This is the and this is the when I say it's their numbers. Yeah. <laughs> what what in fact, what their scientists should be doing, they just refuse to take the next step is a what's the mortality rate of harassment of let me back up. By the way, you were, the case you're talking about is bad, but some, as far as right whales are concerned. But I've just been looking at the uh, the existing harassment authorization for what Dominion is doing today. Okay, this is a this is a, a, a license that's in effect, and they're out there doing it because I've looked at the progress report. It has uh, it only lets them hit hammer five right whales, but. For dolphins, if you add the different species, it's just about 10,000 dolphins. Not 100 dolphins, not 1,000 dolphins, 10,000 dolphins. The reason for this, and that's, by the way, you can hit the same dolphin more than once, so, you know, that may be part of it. The reason for this is that the right whales are migratory. They they summer, they're like Canadians, they, they summer off of Georgia but they winter up in Massachusetts and Bay of Fundy area. So twice a year, they have to swim up and down the coast or run the gauntlet. The dolphins live here. Okay, the Virginia Museum, uh, Virginia Aquarium, I mean, runs actually runs dolphin-watching uh, boat rides. Uh, and so they're, they're getting hammered in an entirely different way. Okay. But, yeah, the numbers are staggering. You got one project uh, that's going to hammer uh, ten thousand dolphins. Another project that's going to hammer ten right whales, and there are only, as you know, there are only an estimated three hundred and forty right whales left alive in the world. Yeah. And uh, and 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 you've got uh, an activity which clearly is going to have adverse effects and can kill, can cause. 
The example I give, by the way, is um, you throw a firecracker at a dog, and it goes off and scares the hell out of the dog, and it runs out into traffic and is hit by a car. Okay, well, the medical record says it was hit by a kill by a car, but what actually killed it was the firecracker that drove it out into the traffic. And we're getting the same thing with the whales. They, they, Noah's saying, oh, well, these whales that are washing up, a lot of them have been hit by ships. So it wasn't the offshore wind. But as I just pointed out, the offshore wind activity is predictably going to cause more yeah. ship hits. I mean, you, 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 there's there's a great graphic out there that shows, look, the increase in whales. These are only the whales that we know that wash up on shore. We don't know about oh, yeah, the yeah. whales and dolphins that just sink to the bottom of the sea over time, right, uh, that are eaten by uh, various well, that's, uh, predators and parasites. But the point is that's why we're, that's why we're not seeing a huge number of dead dolphins is because they'll be consumed. Yeah. Okay, whereas a 70 – the difference between a dolphin and a whale is like the difference between a mouse and a cow. Okay, and and when the dolphins are killed, they just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but, but the but regardless, dramatic. There's there's a great graphic that shows a dramatic mm-hmm. increase in mortality since the testing, since the approvals have begun. You know, it wasn't there before. It's happening now, and now. Correlation, I always say this, correlation is not causation, but you have to ask what else is going on there that would cause this, what's changed. And it turns out nothing much else has changed. Right. The, the, in fact, the whole principle behind uh, clinical trials is that if your correlation is between a cause, a known cause, and and possible effects, then that's that is evidence of causation. In fact, it's very, that, that's such strong evidence of causation that we approve drugs on the basis of it. The, the, the yeah, the, in fact, one of the first statements that came out from Noah was saying, well, this, oh, well, let me back up. Wait, wait, wait. The, we, 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 yeah. We've got a lot of questions to get through here. Let's not keep going oh, sorry. deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole or we're not going to get through some important stuff. Okay, well, just very quickly, the. Okay. The humpback whale death rate tripled in 2016 and has stayed high ever since. Most of the ones that have washed ashore have been humpbacks. Tripled. And that's the year that the first leases were allowed and the first harassments were authorized. Okay, and the the NOAA people were first saying, well, well, you know, these deaths started in 2016 and it has nothing to do with offshore wind. It's when the offshore wind started. (laughs) Okay. So, so there's lots of evidence. Anyway. Right. So aside, uh, you know, maybe there are some people out here that don't care, care about whales or dolphins. Maybe they don't care yeah, about yeah, sure. shipping. We didn't even get into uh, how it's going to affect uh, military operations and naval operations, which I think is an important point. But, these, you know, look, even if they wouldn't affect naval operations, even if they weren't killing whales and dolphins, even if none of the bad things that I think can be attributed fairly attributed to them uh, were were caught were happening, even before the first turbine goes up, um, are these offshore wind projects necessary for the energy supply, and are they cost competitive with other alternative sources of power? Well, as I, I as I said in the beginning, it depends on whether you buy the fantasy or not. 
if if you do not believe that there's a climate emergency that requires us to abandon fire, which is still fundamental to our civilization, then no, there's absolutely no reason, there's no need, uh, not only not necessary, there, there's no, no reason at all for them. Uh, now, as far as, but if you, if you have to have something, then there's still a bad plan because it's a hell of a place to build uh, a wind tower. The, we know we have, we built a bunch of them uh, up around England, Scotland, and, and, and those places. And we, we're, we know with great certainty that the cost is at least three times the cost per unit of electricity that's produced is at least three times what it is from a conventional onshore uh, wind. So what makes it necessary, by the way, the one sense in which it's necessary is that there are no property rights in the ocean. Okay, the problem with building uh, all this stuff on land, as, as you know, is that people don't necessarily want it there. They don't want to look out their window and see 150 wind turbines or try to sleep at night when these things are grinding away. And in fact, many states have uh, noise limits on them and many communities are voting them down. Well, nobody owns the ocean except the government. Okay. So they have free reign. They can do what they want. You know, the private property is actually a protection and that protection is absent uh, offshore. And, yeah, and, 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 and it, but the government does. It's true that the government owns it so they can sort of do what they want, but it, it's within rules, and we yeah. all know. Well, we hope. <laughs> well, yes, uh, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. We, we know that there are rules in place concerning endangered species, uh, yeah. concerning uh, traditional uses, historic uses. Uh, and it seems to me that those laws, laws, not regulations, laws on the books that are supposed to limit administrative action uh, are being ignored. And that's, uh, uh, you know, it, it, those are not the equivalent of property rights. That's that's true. But they do supposedly legally set bounds and they're just not acting right. that way because the government's ignoring the law. Yeah, the government is is is. Uh... Taking the position that they are the law. It's ignore, it's By the way, it's ignoring its its own scientists, you know, on these matters, yep. right? It's it's ignoring their own research that shows that 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 that, that this is uh, endangering the North Atlantic right whale and killing a lot of other species. Remember, marine mammals like the dolphins. They don't have to be endangered. They're protected by law. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, it's just like yes. it's just like uh, golden and bald eagles. Bald eagles are no longer endangered. They're off the list, but they're still protected by law, <laughs> a law that yes. protects all raptors. So it, and, it, and, and that's why the government, in fact, in Fish and Wildlife Service no. uh, uh, actually licenses only killing so many bald eagles. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, if there to were wind only farms. 300... To wind farms, by there... the way. Not to hunters, yeah. not to Native American tribes. Right, right. No, that's what I'm saying. Each each wind farm has gets a license which it has to stay under. Okay. But if there were only 340 bald eagles left in the world, believe me, we wouldn't be killing them. Yeah. There you go. So the uh, problem why, is what the problem is that you you can count the dead bald eagles around the base of the wind tower, but you can't count the dead whales because they're underwater. So 
David, why do you think the Biden administration has embraced offshore wind despite its inefficiencies and harmful environmental impacts? And what uh, do you think the House Republicans resolution and the Senate Democrats now uh, kicking in saying, let's let's have some transparent information. What do you think that that might play in these offshore wind things? Well, it's getting very interesting because uh, the 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 administration is clearly out of control. Okay, uh, and not just in this area, but I mean the and 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 to a considerable extent, the the Democrats have helped them uh, in Congress. They certainly did that with the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. But inflation reduction, you know, that's that's mostly a bunch of tax credits, which doesn't even affect the budget. Not directly, but dead whales washing up on the shores of New Jersey and New York and Virginia are are, are starting to have an effect. I mean, uh, things are starting to happen that are getting very interesting. There are two laws, well, broadly construed laws uh, that have been introduced. Uh, one is an amendment. Uh, one is a law that would uh, from uh, Smith in New Jersey that would uh, declare a moratorium on on activity, including, of course, the sonar. When they talk about construction, they're actually in, that would include the sonar mapping. Um, and he wants to have the GAO investigate the uh, the the way in which these 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 authorizations and environmental impact approvals are happening. Because it, you're right. I mean, they're just ignoring the law. I used to read the Federal Register for laughs. Now I read uh, environmental impact assessment decisions for offshore wind. I mean, it's it's it's. Give you an example. Their idea of protecting the whales is if we see one, we'll stop work. Well, these animals don't live on the surface; they live underneath. By the time you the, see one, it's sort of too late. It'll probably be floating yeah. because it's dead. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's just nonsense, but that's 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 what they're saying. And then, by the way, I have to mention in the side that a lot of the big environmental groups like Sierra Club and Audubon have agreed to this because they take the position because they're that the climate emergency is so terrible and so threatening that and everything's justified. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Smith. Okay, the Smith bill was just, in fact, attached to uh, the big energy bill that just passed the House. Um, and what was exciting about that was the vote. A heck of a lot of Democrats, I didn't memorize the vote, but it was a heck of a lot of Democrats mo- voted for that amendment. Um, I suspect they're taking heat. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't. Have. Same with the uh, Democrat senators that you mentioned. They, they all wrote a letter saying, "Look, we, you guys got to, to the government, to the administration, say you got to figure this out in a way that's 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 transparent that we can understand and believe." Because as it is now, the government, the Biden administration, just playing a, 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 a what's called a, an argument from ignorance, you know. We can't figure out how we these pr- are hurting yeah. the whales, we so can't they prove. must not be. Yeah, yeah. You can't prove that our harassment authorizations are killing whales. Oh, I can certainly prove that it's reasonably likely. That's the important thing. And in the laws that we're talking about, you don't have to. The 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 standard of proof is reasonable likelihood, and it's certainly reasonably likely that harassment will kill whales uh, and dolphins. Now, the second one is is more interesting. In fact, I just um, 
just had an article published on it. The This is the House resolution. This is from Van Drew, who's also out of New Jersey, although it's got a bunch of co-sponsors. This is, uh, everybody should look at this. It is, um, it's a laundry list of all the, the, the bad things that offshore wind can do. And there's a bunch of stuff in there about, about uh, defense radar and navigation, disrupting uh, defense radar, disrupting navigation radar, disrupting search and rescue radar, because the Defense Department has said these things shouldn't be there, the Navy. But, you know, they said that most of the coast should exclude them, but they, the one in my favorite, of course, the one, the Dominion one that I studied the most, this thing is 25, 27 miles away off in front of the Norfolk, Norfolk Naval Base, which is the largest naval base in the world. <laughs> okay. the, Coast, yeah, the Coast Guard says if you're a ship out there or, yeah. or, or just a you know pleasure boat, uh, a commercial, I don't mean a long line fishing vessel, but like a, um, a recreational fishing vessel where you take people out to catch, I don't know, sharks or, or red snapper or marlin or whatever is out there, mm-hmm. and you get into trouble around these wind turbines, you're going to be in trouble because we can't do our operations out there. Yeah, well, first of all, we're right. We can't come near you. And secondly, we probably can't find you. Uh, I actually, yeah. in my article, I mentioned something. That, this, is, this is not from me. In fact, this is something I read in a, in a, in a, a very good discussion. A Chinese submarine could hide in one of these arrays. You could never, you could never detect it. You could, you, in addition to the enormous noise, the operational noise that we know they're going to be making, deafening to the, to the whales, but this huge noise, which is going to, any sonar signal is going to be deflected. It's going to be scattered by a couple of hundred of these towers. Um, so I have this image, yeah, you know, just what Norfolk needs, right, is, is an, a, a, a couple of Chinese attack submarines <laughs> sitting out there waiting for the balloon to go up yeah, to pick them off as they come out of the bay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just madness. It would be, uh, it'd make Pearl Harbor look small by comparison. Yeah, it's good. Um, so the, anyway, the Van Drew, Van Drew has got a really great list. There are 28 different things that are on that list, some of which I didn't know. I didn't know that the Navy had said we would rather not have these things. <laughs> that was news to me, and it's big news. So, big picture, David, if you can make yeah. this one point wrapping up, what's the most important single point you'd like our listeners to take away from our discussion today of industrial offshore wind and the headwinds currently facing it? There is no reason to build this stuff. It's expensive dangerous and disruptive well that was succinct. useless yeah that was useless. succinct and uh and dead on uh you know even even the companies that want to build them are now having problems because of the rising cost uh oh well, yeah, just back on that there the grid that exists today can't handle all this all this juice coming ashore mm. okay we're gonna they're gonna be able to put a few in but if you read, in fact, uh, uh, big study just came out, which was sponsored by guess what? And the, and the NRDC, the Greens, saying we're going to have to rebuild the the, the land uh, the landlines to handle it. The, 
New England ISO said in, in order for them to handle the, what's being built off in New England, uh, they're going to have, have to rebuild 4,500 miles of, trans, of one land transmission. Okay. <laughs> they are, this is, the, 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 it doesn't get any, any weirder than this. The environmental movement has now embarked on the largest industrialization project in the history of the world. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, they have lost their way. <laughs> uh, David, as always, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. I want to thank you on behalf of myself and our listeners. Oh, my pleasure, Stuart. You're you're good with it. Uh, listeners, thanks for checking in on us today. Please check Harlan's website as we follow the work of David Wojcik, uh, who is often published by our friends, Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. Please also continue to follow us as we track the energy and environmental laws and regulations that affect you. And also, if you're not already receiving these podcasts daily on your favorite device, go to iTunes and subscribe when you have the time. Please rate po our podcast on iTunes so you can help us expand the reach of free market ideas. Thanks. Take care. Bye.